Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Misarish with Success Harbor, and I have Zach Johnson with me. Zach has been making money online for over 18 years. Zach has made millions of dollars from affiliate marketing, and he started his first business during the fourth grade. That's number four. Zach has also been a blogger since 2007, and he has written over 3,000 articles since then. Welcome. Hey, George. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for being here, Zach. Can you tell me about your first business, uh, the one that you started on the fourth grade? That's a little early. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was early, but it was fun. So I've always had the mentality for business and make money and just always been a concept of mine. So when I was in school, I had trading cards of comics and sports cards and knew that my friends liked these as well. So what I did was I brought them to school. I'd pay probably a dollar for a pack of 12. Then I'd get to school and I'd sell them to friends for about 25 cents each. And they had this money on them because that was basically their lunch money. And it was nothing for them to bring home like 25 cents, 50 cents to their parents each day. So I actually would sell the cards to them. They'd get some cards and they'd be happy. And this actually evolved with time because as I got into uh, sixth grade and middle school and then high school, I actually started selling soda cans instead because during lunch they wouldn't sell soda and everybody liked soda. So I could sell them for 75 cents to a dollar each and made some good money just for a kid in school. And so you didn't get in trouble with the teachers and all that? Nah, they were like... Let's say they were like the FTC trying to go after people, but I never did get caught or whatever. So it was uh, pretty much cool. just uh, running my stuff at the table. And there was only like a few guys or whatever. So they would, I'd bring a six pack to school. My parents would buy it and I'd make all the profit in between. So that now nah, the teachers never really cared. Smart, smart. Because I heard stories when teachers would shut uh, things like this down. And I, don't, I think they should encourage it. I, I don't understand why they would do it. But sometimes they, they don't like that stuff. But it's, that's pretty cool. So while you were in high school, you uh, started your own affiliate programs. What got you uh, interested in affiliate marketing that early? Yeah, so I was in high school around 15 at the time, 14 or 15. And the Internet was just starting to come out. So I'm like, there's got to be a way to make money with this. So the first way I started making money was by creating graphic banners for people in the AOL WebDiner chat room. So I'd make a banner for someone, they'd send me a dollar in the mail. And this was way before PayPal or anything was around. So a lot of people wouldn't send me the money, so I had to figure out a way to make money online. And then I came across the Amazon.com affiliate program, and I built out my own celebrity website and basically took all the content from Amazon relating to movies, books, and music, because that's all they sold back then, and I would get 5 to 15% commission every time somebody bought through my website and went over to Amazon.com. So my site ranked pretty well in the search engines. And I ended up doing around six figures in sales for them. This was while I was still in early high school. And I would get my 5 to 15% commission cut. And this was good money for a kid in high school. But at the same time, I had to make money whenever someone took out their credit card. So fortunately, I found out about affiliate marketing which was more on the CPA side where I would get paid every time someone took an action or filled out a survey. So instead of having to make like 15 cents for every dollar that someone spends somewhere else, I could actually make a dollar or $2 for someone completing a survey. We're getting paid 15 to $20 for someone signing up for a new credit card transaction. So this was a huge difference in just exploding my business when I found out about affiliate marketing and not having to make money just through people using their credit cards. So what year was that approximately? I'd say that was around 97-ish is when that so, started to kick off. So 97, SEO was easy, right? Uh, right. I mean, but how did you drive traffic? What were some of the things that worked back then? 
Yeah, back then, the first several years of running my business and making money online, I had zero cost. I was running this stuff through free AOL member pages, using stuff like GeoCities. I registered my first domain name in, I think, 98 or 97 or 98. And that's back when Network Solutions was $70 for two years to register a domain name. So that was a huge deal for me. But all the traffic to the site was coming from just the search engines. So that was when I was pushing everything through Amazon. And then I found out about the affiliate marketing stuff, which led me into lead generation. So I started creating my own lead generation sites where I'd have a sweepstakes or a form. They'd fill it out, and then I'd pass them off to another offer on the back end. And I promoted those campaigns by starting my own affiliate programs on Commission Junction and some other ad networks. So people were getting paid every time someone filled out a lead on my website. So I went from being the affiliate to actually having my own affiliates and paying them to send traffic to my site. So I have read that once you have made over 860000 profit in just four months. Can you share what that project was? Yeah, that was an exciting one because you never know what's going to happen on the Internet or what's next. So this was right around when MySpace was starting to get traction. And it was like Facebook was out there, but it was only for people that were already in colleges because it wasn't even out in the public yet. So MySpace was out and everybody wanted to add pictures to their MySpace page but not everyone knew how. So I said, well, I'm going to create a website. And make so let's, let's step back. How sure. did you know everybody wanted to do that? Like, how, how did you figure that out? Was it just, how, how, did you listen? Did you look at forums? Or how did you know this was a problem? Yeah, so just from hearing from friends or whatever, you could go on Facebook, and when you look at someone's profile page, in the comments you would see people like posting pictures, like a funny picture or whatever, or whenever a holiday came around, instead of just typing Happy Valentine's Day, they would post a picture of someone with a Valentine's Day card or whatever. So a lot of people would also leave comments saying, that's cool, how can I do that? And then if you look at forums online, you would see people also saying the same thing. So there was definitely a demand out there, and I wanted to make the process a lot easier. Okay. And so how did you create software for that, or, or how did that happen? Yeah, this was 100% HTML. I had over 10,000 pages on this site, and as I was watching it grow, I was just coding all these HTML pages nonstop. I was working like nonstop all through the night until the next morning because I was seeing these amazing numbers. Each day it was growing more and more. Like the first day I had maybe 100 people and then it would stay that way for a while. And then as more people started posting it to their page, more people would come back to the site. So what I did was take all the different images that people were using them and I hosted it on my own servers so people wouldn't have to go and find images to upload and then figure out how to do the HTML coding. So all they would have to do is come to my website and grab a simple HTML code that they could just copy and then paste it onto their MySpace page, and then that image would be there. So I had terabytes of data going through the site daily. I had over 100,000 visitors daily on the site at, at its highest points, and it was just pushing massive traffic because everybody was putting these images on their pages, and then when they clicked it, they would send them back to my resource site. And I was basically providing the service, wasn't charging anything for it, had over 10,000 in server costs at one point when it was just pushing so much data. But the uh, amount of revenue was quite ridiculous just because of how much impressions were coming through. So I used a variety of CPM banner advertising and affiliate offers to generate that 800,000 plus within six months, uh, four months. Wow. You have said that you have done everything by yourself. Uh, so does that, mean, does that mean that you don't have like a virtual staff or anything like that? Yeah, it, it's pretty much always been me. And so, yeah. So, go ahead. Go ahead. There's two ways to look at it. Lots of people say you can't do it all yourself, or 
you can't uh, pretty much expand to new levels. But at the same time, it's what I enjoy, and I pretty much focus on the key things that make money. So over the years, I've had people that write on a different websites for me, and I'll pay them based on posts or whatever, and I'll occasionally have people come in and do web design and stuff. So I do outsource stuff occasionally, but it's mm-hmm. mostly just me, like 95% of the time. So how how do you make that work? Because it sounds to me then you really have to know how to focus. So do you have certain kind of systems in place uh, that helps you reach the level of success that you have reached? It's really a matter of picking and choosing what to focus your efforts on, automating when you can. And when you build out site properties like ZachJohnson.com, for example, my site where people can come and learn how to uh, make money online from posts that I've written. So I have over a thousand articles written on that website, but they're in the search results. People link to it and they're finding it all the time. So that site is kind of just working for me nonstop. So that's clearly one of my efforts that I'm focusing on because I want to expand that. And if I had so many other projects out there that I had to deal with, I would definitely need more help and outsource those projects. But it's just a matter of really finding what I need to focus on, what needs to be done and not uh, spreading myself too thin. So you, uh, I mentioned in the intro that you wrote over 3,000 articles, and they're not all on, uh, on one website, but it's still 3,000 articles. So how much time do you spend writing? Do you do most of your writing? And what do you consider great content? Yeah, it, I've written a lot of articles, and if the author bio says Zach Johnson, then I'm the one who actually wrote it. I know a lot of people that have other people that write their content, and they take credit for it, so that's never been the case with me. And as for a writing schedule, I don't have anything set. So one day I might write three to five articles, then the next day I might write zero. So it basically comes down to what I'm working on, what new projects I have, if I'm talking to someone and they need content for their website. Uh, And what I'm writing about pretty much is what I'm working on in the industry right now. So I like to write about new ways to promote stuff, what's worked for me in the past, like to write tutorials and guides for people and how they can start making money online and give them examples of what works, what's worked for me over time as well. You have uh, mentioned that uh, you are self-taught. Uh, what is your process for learning about something new that interests you? It's so much easier when you're passionate about a topic or a project. And I know everybody says that, and they say start a project or business that you're passionate about and the money will follow later. And that's not always the case because you need to actually have a business plan in there. But think about sports, for example. If, you're, if you love playing basketball, you just continue to play it all the time. You're going to get better at your shot. You're going to get better at dribbling. And that's something you're passionate about. So the time and effort you put into it is going to be a lot better than, say, if you wanted to learn how to fish and you had no interest in it. So that's how I've been with Internet marketing and building my own business. It's something I really enjoy doing. I spend endless hours creating content, building out my brand, and always trying to reach that next level. So it's really all the time and effort that I put in. Can you share the role of networking in your business? I have interviewed so many successful bloggers and entrepreneurs, and networking comes up over and over. Yeah, totally. Network is everything. Because when I first started out in 1995, I pretty much was new in this space. And then in around 1998, 1999, started to get closer with the ad networks I was working with. And then in 2000, I took a week off high school. My father and I flew across the country and went to a conference called Commission Junction University. And I met a bunch of great people out there. And 15 years later, I'm still good friends with a bunch of those people today. So that was my first introduction to really networking with people in this space. And now I speak at conferences 
maybe three to four different conferences a year. I get to meet with all the people that are speaking at the conference, along with everyone who also reads my blog. So networking is everything because that face-to-face relationship means a thousand times more than getting an email and not knowing who you're actually working with. So uh, the face-to-face networking is, is one thing, conferences and all that. Do you also do network through Twitter or other means online? Yeah, definitely. Everything in, intertwines with each other. So whenever I write a new blog post, it goes out to all my social outlets. So Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything. And then somebody will content, they'll leave a comment or the link to that content from their website. So that gains my attention. And then eventually I can even meet with them at a conference if they're to attend it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you, you linked to that content or you uh, left a comment on that post. So everything that's online could eventually evolve into a real life meeting with someone as well. So it's networking in every direction possible and online communities and Facebook is just a great way because it's putting a face out there as well and then you can engage with people and they'll see your face and it just means that much more than an email with no interaction of faces. You used to do uh, much more affiliate marketing um, but now you are more about building your own brand. What inspired you to make this uh, transition? Yeah, so affiliate marketing is very profitable and it can make you a lot of money and it can also cost you a lot of money too. But the thing with ad campaigns is that they can come and go. And if you're spending a whole month promoting an ad campaign and you have everything invested into it, and then that advertiser either says they don't like the quality of your leads or they ran out of budget or they just don't want to advertise anymore, then what? Then you're screwed and you just sit in there. You put all Has that, that happened to you? Yeah, it happens all the time simply because of ad networks and companies can spend more money than they're expecting to. And things dry out very quickly because in the world of affiliate marketing, it's a lot of new companies coming in wanting leads and then the offer will go live on a network and a bunch of affiliates will grab it and they can promote it and then they can dry out the budget in just a few days. So it can happen all the time. So with your own business, that's not going to happen because you are the business and you're actually building a brand over time. So instead of growing other people's businesses and just getting a small percentage, you could be growing your own and getting 100%. So let's talk about blogging. Um, I mean, you're a prolific uh, writer with uh, 3,000 of your own uh, posts or articles. How do you think bloggers today can differentiate themselves from others? Yeah, so there's over a billion blogs in the world today. There's bloggers everywhere. They're writing content. There's people that have software that's just scrambling content and rewriting it again. So how are you supposed to compete with all that? At the end of the day, you have to provide content that relates with your audience and provides the most value. But some other ways to stand out is to have a great story. My story is basically I've never had to work for anyone else in my life, and I started at 15, and I help people learn how to do the process through my site. So that's why people come to me. I answer people's email. I show that I'm real, and I show that I care. And you want to find your own niche, what you're going to be awesome at, and provide better value than anybody else. So if there's a top website in your niche and all they're doing is writing content with text, then you could be doing video and providing more value. So if your best competition is doing video, then you can start providing video text and infographics. And then if you need to go a level deeper, you could even start doing audio and do podcasts. So it's all about finding what your competition is doing and how to do it better. So don't write about all the same garbage that everybody else is talking about. Make it personal, make it real, and provide the best value. Do you have an example, maybe something that you have done or that you, have, that you saw somebody else do that you thought, wow, you know, this is really a different way of, of blogging? Yeah, there's ideas all over the place. The best examples are almost always tutorials. And one thing that's worked very well for me 
is I will actually walk people step by step through the process of how to do something. And it's easy for someone to say, okay, everybody's covered the basics of how to get started with pay-per-click marketing, so I'm not going to cover all that. So I did the opposite and did full-scale beginning to end of how to promote an ad campaign. And then I used an ad network called Neverblue and ended up sending them over $3 million in new business just as a result of that one post that people continually read and find in the search engines and follow that process of how to make money. Since uh, launching your blog back in uh, 2007, you wrote 3,000 articles. Do you have, I mean, you mentioned that you don't have a writing schedule, but do you have like a time of day or like anything that you say, you know, I'm going to write now and I'm going to write so many thousands of words or anything like that? I'd like to say I do, but I don't. And that's evolved over time because things have become more important than simply getting a post out there every day. And I know a lot of people like to say they've blogged every day for the past seven years or whatever, but you don't want to just put something out there for the sake of having something out there. So I try and write at least a few times a week and have a podcast that comes out every Tuesday. So I make sure a new post goes live every Tuesday, which documents the post and the uh, content that's within the podcast. And then I'll do other interview posts and tutorial posts. It'll wide range throughout the week. So usually you'll see two to four posts a week on ZachJohnson.com, and I'll usually throw a blog post or two on bloggingtips.com every uh, week, and then I'll do guest blogging on other websites to make sure I'm always reaching new audiences as well. So there's no set schedule, but probably write at least 15 to 30 articles every month. So um, what type of content uh, you're, is, it gets the most shares? Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's not always the same, but if you have to say, uh, you mentioned tutorials already, uh, but if you look at all the content that you developed in, over the years, uh, w which one gets the most shares? Yeah, stuff that gets great shares is stuff that they call it evergreen, which means it's not going to go away. So if you write a post that says how to build your website and create a campaign on Twitter, that's probably not going to be the same now that it will be a year from now because a lot of things change. But then if you create something that says, five principles to build a successful blog. That's going to probably be effective for the next five years from now because the concepts of business are usually the same. But something that always works well is using link bait. And a good way to do this by also building your authority is to interview people within your niche and get advice from them or a quote. So let's say you're in the internet marketing space and you want to write a post, how to rank higher in the search results with anchor text linking. So then you can send out emails to 30 of the top SEO experts in your industry, and then maybe you'll get 15 to 20 of them who write you back. You can make a whole big compilation post of that, list all their websites, list all their quotes, and then send the email out to them when that post goes live and says, hey, can you promote this for me since I just wrote about you? And then all of those high authority people then share that on their social networks. So that's a great way to send a ton of traffic to your websites because you're not just having the people who see your website but now you're having all the people that follow all those big authority figures promote that for you, and you're getting it out to a whole new massive amount of people. Um, years ago, you purchased bloggingtips.com, which is a very popular blog, about 18,000 Alexa traffic rank. Uh, do you recommend those that want to get started with blogging to buy a blog or start from scratch? Well, if you don't have any money, then you should definitely start from scratch, and you can get a good idea of, how WordPress works, what you need to do to build your site, and make it more about you. But if you have money, then you can definitely jump into the space 
buy a website that isn't personalized to an individual person and you can jump right in and already have something established. So then you only need to focus on getting traffic to it, how you can monetize it better, add some content to it every few weeks and rank it higher in the search engines. So flippa.com is the best site out there for buying and selling websites. So you just type in whatever niche you're looking for. It's going to come up with a bunch of websites. But if you're going to go the route where you buy a website, you have to do a lot of research. You have to make sure the person you're buying from is authentic and they're not just putting in fake information so they can try and sell a website. If you're buying a website, you're probably going to want to spend over one to $2,000 because most of the stuff that falls below that range are usually just garbage sites and they're based off templates and they just outsourced uh, copywriting to some other person in another country just to write articles so they could sell these websites real quickly. So there's a lot of work that you have to do to make sure you're not getting screwed over. And uh, Blogging Tips was a pretty big purchase. So I actually knew the guy who created that site and we're good friends. So he was selling it. Looked like a good opportunity for me. We had a little bidding war in the end with some other players, but I ended up getting the site. So that's been a great purchase for me. So you mentioned, uh, you know, not to get burned when you try to buy a site. Do you use any kind of tools or what, what is kind of uh, your due diligence that you go through uh, when you look at something or you try to evaluate a, a site? Yeah, so it's not so much tools. You can use a lot of tools. You can check the page rank, check the Alexa. You can see how many backlinks are coming to it. You can use Moz tools for that and uh, Majestic SEO. That's going to give you a bunch of ratings that you can uh, compare it to other websites. But you're also going to want to look at the revenue. You're going to want screenshots, if not full access, to the Google Analytics so you can see that the traffic is good. You want to know where the traffic's coming from because if a website has 90% of its traffic coming from the U.S., it's a lot more value than a site that has double the traffic but only 20% of the traffic is from the U.S. So there's so many different variables you have to look at. And uh, when you're buying a website, there's usually a discussion below the auction as well of people talking about it. And you can ask questions in there. A lot of people ask questions and you can actually look at that buyer or seller's history and see what they've bid on. So there's a lot of different things you can look at and you can pretty much justify which ones are legitimate and which ones aren't. For uh, those people that are about to start uh, building a, a, an online business today, where do you see the best opportunities? You definitely want to find a place for you to fit in where you're creating a service that people need. Because if you're just going to create a website that's basic information or on your hobby, it's very hard to scale that and break into the competition because there's so much out there already. So if you can create something that people already need, and if you can do it better, that's a great way to break in. You can also create a resource site. So let's say you want to promote rakes or whatever, for example. Create a website that's diehard about rakes. What's the best rakes that you can buy? Where can you get the best discounts? Where can you find coupons? What type of rakes are they selling in Home Depot that you can't get at Lowe's? Just cover every single aspect of it that you can, and you can build an authority niche site. So whenever someone does go to Google and say that they want to buy a rake for gardening or a, get a snow shovel, they're going to end up on your website, and you can then pass them along to the Home Depot or Lowe's affiliate program or Amazon.com, and you can earn a commission and even place advertisements within your site. So you want to become the authority in whatever space that you're trying to get into. And is there any kind of, you know, it's it sometimes I think people struggle with finding niches, you know, identifying, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to write about rakes or this or that. Uh, do you have an advice on identifying niches that are underserved um, in the market? Yeah, you have to definitely look at the long term, the long tail keywords 
and uh, there's software out there that makes this process easier, but it's not an easy process at all because you have to look at the keyword, how much competition there is, what ways you're going to monetize the content. Is it something you want to write about or is it something you're going to have to completely outsource? Are there currently people advertising in Google for those search terms? And is there a way for you to promote it through an affiliate program? Because if all of those aren't a yes, then it's not a good niche for you to possibly jump into. Because if, you don't, if you're not interested in it, you probably just have an inkling that it's going to make good money, but then you create a site and then you have no interest in it. But then if it's something that you're going into because you're interested in it, it might not be making money. So you need to find all those different aspects. And there's a lot of software out there. So you can even look up Longtail Pro. That's a good software for it. Or just go to Google and type in how to research Longtail keywords. And you're going to find a lot of articles on how to do it best. So you have made so many adjustments uh, over the years, uh, you know, starting your first business in the fourth grade and, you know, making money different ways online. Uh, where do you look to find new opportunities? Is it sites that you, you read regularly or books you read or people you meet? Uh, how do you know that it's time to make a change? So I have my core foundation of sites, which are always good, and I'm always focusing on them. But new distractions come up all the time. Someone might write an article that says, I've made $10,000 in the past three months with my niche sites. So then you start reading about those niche sites and you say, hey, I could probably do this too. So there's new ideas that come up all the time. Mainly everything that I've done business with has been in the internet marketing space and how to cater to it. And whether it's a new affiliate program or a new social app or a product launch, there's always new ideas and ways to make money online. And it's a matter of picking and choosing which look best, something I'm interested in, but also knowing it's not going to take up all my time as well. So let's talk about, uh, I mean, you have a lot of success, obviously, but I'm sure there were some failures. Can you share maybe uh, one or two that was a, a really good learning experience that would be great for our audience to learn about? Yeah, sure. Every day is, there's a new failure. There's new success stories. So uh, here's an older one from back in the early 2000s. I had a free stuff site with a mailing list of around 2 million people. And it was a newsletter, so I would send it out, and if anybody replied to it, it would come right back to me. But then that save list provider also offered discussion lists. So if you sent out a discussion list, I would send it out, and if anybody replied to it, it would also go back to everybody who's on the mailing list. So everybody would see it going back and forth. So somehow I sent out a newsletter, and it got switched over to discussion list, and there was 2 million people. So then that one person replied to it and then it went out to another 2 million people and this just went back and <laughs> forth and it kept going on and on the whole day and this mailing list provider this was way before it was like cheap to set this up so I was paying on like a CPM basis which meant every thousand per people that I sent it to I'd have to pay a dollar or whatever so every time somebody replied it was another 2 million people and 2 million emails that were going out so I was freaking out I was early 20s at the time I guess I called my dad from work I'm like I don't know what to do he came home we ended up talking to the hosting company. It cost me like five grand or whatever, but it was just like a completely crazy disaster going on. And I guess the lesson is not to freak out and do what's right. And we took care of the situation. We paid the hosting company. We addressed everybody on the newsletter list. That would happen. And then we just kind of moved on. But that was crazy. <laughs> wow. Uh, anything maybe that's a little bit more recent? Uh, I would say... 
jumping into projects and they're awesome at the time, but unfortunately they fail just because you can't focus on them. And so one of the most recent failures could be starting new projects that you're extremely passionate about, but then you simply can't work on them because you don't have the time or effort to expand yourself into a whole new area. So then you end up buying a domain name, you set up the website, you put content in, you do some SEO work, and then you just end up leaving it and you can't focus all your efforts on it. So spreading yourself thin is something I've struggled with a lot over the years and that can probably apply to almost anyone because when you're working on the internet, there's new opportunities everywhere and you just get distracted so easily. How do you know when it's time to move on to another project? I mean, you know, you... you you, you obviously start a lot of different projects, and you mentioned sometimes you get distracted or whatever. How do you know it's time to shut this down and focus on something else? Yeah, that one's a tough one because it comes down to money and personal feelings. And that MySpace site I talked about was a good example. The site's still up today, but it fizzled out a long time ago, especially when Facebook was up and coming and all over the place. So I didn't have to make the decision to shut it down but I made the decision not to focus it on, on it anymore. So it would still make a few hundred dollars for several years afterwards and just like have website people linking to it still and going to the site and clicking on banners or whatever. But other projects, let's say for domains and niche sites, for example, if they're not making a decent amount of money or they're not ranking in the search engines, then you can just go into your domain registry and check off that you want these domains to expire. And that's always sad because you put in some time and effort to grow them out and, but when you look at the scheme of things, that's probably a 50 or or $100 investment, and it's going to save you a lot more time than actually trying to build up these struggling opportunities and sites that just didn't seem to work out. Can you talk about traffic a little bit? Uh, for somebody that, let's say, starts either a blog or a website, and uh, they want to build some organic traffic, today, in 2014, what do you think is the most effective, or what are the most effective ways for somebody to... To, to drive organic traffic to their site? Yeah, from the basic point, I would say create a WordPress site, install the Yoast SEO plugin, that way you can set up all the features. So every time you come out with a post, it'll all be set up for the search engines. And then create content that's gonna gain attention and get people to link at it. So like I said earlier, you can do video and infographics and create link bait articles. So the more people you get to link to your site, Google's going to see it and they're going to find more content on your site and rank you higher in the search engines. And then from that point, you can write other content, which is targeted to rank higher in the search engines. But because all those other people are linking to you, Google's going to see it as authority content. So they're kind of going to take care of you in the long run. And links are always going to be important, whether Google says, don't do link building, don't do guest blogging. I still do all the link building and guest blogging just on a basis of creating quality content and getting out there. So as long as you're doing it the right way and not like spamming all over the place and building exact match domains and mm -hmm. using exact match anchor text, you're going to be fine. So just focus on getting the high quality sites to link to you and creating real content. So how do you get those links? One is the, to, you know, to either guest blog or, or comment on blogs, for example. Those are two examples. Uh, any other examples that come to mind? Yeah, you can contact... Uh, websites that are there's actually a lot of ways you can become a resource and provide quotes and information and do the dirty work that other sites don't want to do so let's say uh, a big authority site in your niche wrote an article about say it was outdated and you contacted them and said okay here's an updated version of this would you like to post this to your website 
And all I would like in return is a note at the bottom saying that I referenced it and did all the work for you. And then there's other ways to get links out there, such as um, you could set up Web 2.0 properties. You have social profiles. All that stuff links back to your website because they ask what your website is. So make sure you have a Google+, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything that you can set up on the social media. Make that sure that's set up for your personal websites or your business websites. No matter how many websites you have, if you want them to rank a little bit higher, set them up on as many social networks as possible. And what about pay traffic? Uh, you know, AdWords uh, and all that has become a little too expensive for most people to just start out. But are there any paid options that you could recommend for somebody that's new to uh, blogging or, or running a, a website? Yeah, of course. It's definitely a lot easier if you have a business model or a CPA type of offer in place. Because if you just have a website and you're strictly running it for the sake of people coming to read your content, you're going to lose a lot of money because there's no way that that traffic is being monetized. But then if you have a form on your website and let's say, for example, you offer consulting with online marketing, you have a form and you, you get a good idea that for every person who fills out the form, you might make 10 bucks and one out of 10 might convert into a sale, which makes you a hundred bucks. So $10 per person who fills out the form and then maybe 10% of the people who come to your site fill out that form. So you can pay a dollar per click to get people to your site. So what are the best ways to do that? You can do it through media buying, which would get you banners on websites. You can do it through contextual advertising, which is like Google AdSense on websites. You can advertise through Google AdWords and Google AdSense to get onto other websites. And Facebook ads is a great way to get traffic coming to your site at a low cost, possibly a few pennies per click. But depending on what niche you're in, and the competition and the country and the demographics that can range heavily in uh, costs. So depending on all those factors, you're going to want to set a daily budget very low if you're going to be doing any of those options that can pretty much send you a ton of like traffic just out of nowhere because you can blow through a whole budget just within a day if you're not watching it. And my, my last question is, if, uh, if somebody came to you, a friend or a family member that saw your success as an entrepreneur, and say, uh, you know, Zach, I, I want to start my own business. What would be the first skill that you would want them to learn? What would be the first thing you would teach that person? I would teach them that for every success story they hear, there's another thousand failures behind them, and they have no idea how hard it actually is. Because everyone thinks it's so easy to make money on the Internet, and if that was the case, everybody would be doing it. But only a few people out of a hundred will succeed. So they have to have a business plan, whether it be selling a product or creating a website or just doing ad campaigns. They have to have a good idea of what they're doing. The next thing I would tell them to do is do a decent amount of research, just spend a whole week reading and learning everything they can, and then not to spend too much time learning because they have to actually learn from putting everything that they have in their minds into action. And the best way to do that is by actually creating the website and creating the ad campaign and then getting it live. So they have about a two-week period where they can take everything that they want to know how to learn how to do on the Internet, create a plan how they're going to get it done, and then put that all into action. Well, Zach, thank you so much for uh, coming on Success Harbor to share your story. I mean, I could ask you a lot more questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. How can people uh, reach out to you or find out more about you? Oh, thanks, George. It's been great to be here, and I, I could talk about affiliate marketing, making money all day. So... Uh, <laughs> You can actually read about everything that I've done over the years at ZachJohnson.com. And you can also join my private training community 
at blogging.org. That's where I teach people how to build a blog, brand, and business on the internet. And I also have a podcast on iTunes called Rise of the Entrepreneur, where I interview a lot of the uh, big names and experts that I've become good friends with over the years. Thank you very much, everybody. Check out ZachJohnson.com. Again, Zach, thank you. Bye, everyone.